Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck yeah. Welcome to an all new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast with Corey Richmond and Jason Brooks, recording on a Wednesday this week. Actually, a Friday. Wednesday is our actually a day that we care about. That's why I think it's on the brain. But uh, right before we came on, uh, Wrestling Inc. And uh, Jason, I just told about uh, Andrade, former uh, champion with uh, NXT, apparently asked for his release on Monday. So we were going to start the show off with, you know, basically known as the bomb, the AEW finish of the pay-per-view this past weekend. But this is a developing story. So I wanted to get right off the bat with that. But Jay, I know yesterday you were under the weather. Hopefully you're feeling slightly better today. Uh Guess we'll get with the niceies out of the way. How how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, Vince McMahon uh, discovering how to ruin yet another NXT superstar. It is crazy on the fact that you have guys there who want to be there, who take the chance on you. And yes, of course, you never know what goes on behind the scenes and what will and won't happen. But uh, Mr. Warren Hayes, who is another YouTuber, put this pretty much the best way I can put this right now says, you know what, this year they decided to go and put guys like Goldberg and Shane McMahon over while guys like Aleister Black and Andrade sit in the back and do nothing. So, I mean, I understand the older talent is what the, the, you know, the average fan who tunes in every once in a while know, but the guys who are the future of the company are the Andrade's and Aleister Black's. Yeah. I mean, this isn't even about Goldberg and Shane. It's not even about that. Right. Because, Look at what they're doing on SmackDown. You have, you know, the the three guys in the main event title picture for WrestleMania on the SmackDown side is Reigns, an established main eventer. Daniel Bryan, you know, older guy, established main eventer, and then Edge, who just came back. He hasn't wrestled hardly at all. But at the same time, you saw developing storylines with Apollo Crews and what they're doing with him. You can do two things at the same time. And SmackDown only has two hours. Raw has three hours. Raw is almost where the NXT superstars go to die. That's what, that's what, I mean, we should start to call Raw because they're not doing that. You know, SmackDown has its problems too, but they're certainly not doing as much on SmackDown. Andrade came in and, you know, we'll see if he actually is released or whatever. We know he has a relationship with Charlotte. This guy, Corey, came in, was great in NXT. Tremendous, right? Uh, international known superstar. He comes in. He, has a, he doesn't speak very good English, but he has a manager who's charismatic and she's great. Who's no longer and, there. And this is before they released her. Then they paired him up with Angel Garza, a good, you know, good tag team. They did nothing with them. They broke them up. They made, you know, the, the, the raw tag team thing is that they, they pair, they pair heel tag teams together and they always have problems. Um, and that didn't work out. They did give him a U.S. title run. They gave him a couple of runs, but once the thing, once, they once Zelina went on her own, it's like, well, we don't have anything to do with Andrade. And how they can't figure out how to use a guy who had who had a manager who's tremendous in the ring. It's just baffling to me that they can't ever figure these guys out. They can't ever figure out these NXT guys out. It's like they come from NXT and then Vince has. I don't know what vision he has. We've seen it now with Keith Lee. He has Matt Riddle being a total goof. We saw it with Andrade. He doesn't know what to do with Aleister Black. It's He just does not know what to do with these people from NXT who have these established characters. He has no idea what to do. Look at SmackDown with them getting rid of Shorty G and whatever. They established this Alpha Academy. And basically, Chad Gable's kind of like this maniacal trainer who's kind of becoming a heel. It's fine, you know, but it's like they're trying to do something with them. And on Raw, it's just it doesn't it it it, it doesn't make any sense. They're, they're not. I, I don't know what that show is. It certainly is not there to get young young wrestlers over. Um, I don't know what the purpose. They had a a a, a segment with Shane and Braun that was five minutes, ten minutes. I don't even know what the point of it was. Yeah, and I mean, so, I, and so it's just it's it's just a shame because you know if Andrade was just some ham and egg jobber who we didn't have, and part of this is honestly, you know, 
I loved Andrade from NXT. And we learned to really, as the marks, really learn to love these guys in NXT. Uh, some of them more than others. And then they come to the main roster and they continue to flounder and not do anything with these guys. And it's so frustrating that every time a guy goes to the main roster, we have to be terrified. We want them to get paid more. We want them to be more successful in their life and their career and stuff. But it, it, it continues to be this thing where we don't want to see these guys go to the main roster because we already know what's going to happen. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Yet that's what continues to happen time over time. And mm-hmm. Vince runs the show. I totally get it. Uh, and he does what he wants. He owns the company. But at some point, someone has to go up to him and say, Vince, this same stuff keeps happening every time. Every guy who comes up, the same shit keeps happening. Look at AOP. Oh, why, why does this keep happening with all these guys? Yeah. Um, Riddle's got a U.S. title run, but how, how long until he gets sick of, of, of Riddle? I, and I, I think it's, it's un- unbelievable. Uh, loses, um, and I think it's a decent, I mean, it's a subject I'm not going to get to talk about this week. It's a decent chance he loses it to Ali to set up uh, a match at Mania versus uh, Kofi Kingston. I think there's a decent chance he loses. Yeah, it. yeah. Well, that I mean, that's what it, that's that's whatever. But um, but you know, it's just he doesn't he just he just doesn't get it. He doesn't. I don't. I, I don't. I don't know. He just has a different different version of who these people are than what we've seen them as on NXT every week for however long they're there. And not only that, what these guys were on the independent scene. So, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, it's just every every time, every couple of months, we're, we have these stories. And uh, Louis Dan Gore uh, put on Twitter, uh, Andrade asked for his WWE release earlier this week. Andrade has not been seen on WTV since October 12th episode of Monday Night Raw where he lost to Angel Garza. October 12th. I didn't even realize it wasn't that long. I and mean, I thought it was maybe December or something, but October 12th. So he hasn't been on WWTV for what, five months now? Is that, you know, four or five months? And I guess- and, and Angel Garza is just a jobber. Yeah. A, a guy who can talk, a guy who can work. But bring him back. They should just bring these guys all back to NXT. You know what Vince should do? He should just sign these big guys, put them all on Raw so we don't have to watch Raw anymore. We can just completely write the show off. Just put a bunch of Hammonagers on Raw, a bunch of big guys that he wants on Raw. Have NXT, pay the guys in NXT more, and have them move up to SmackDown. I mean, what are we doing here? It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, as we get more information on this story, you know, and I guess hopefully we'll have more stuff next week. And this is all rumors, maybe. The fact that, you know, this has gone out there. Andre may get, get a push. He might be on TV, you know, next Monday for all we know. Or he might show up tonight on SmackDown. But Wrestle Talk has been, you know, quite good. I'm not Wrestle Talk, I'm sorry. Wrestling Inc. has been quite good with these stories. When they report something, most of the time they come to fruition. So, I mean, something to look out on for sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, even if the – here's the thing. Even if the report isn't true, mm-hmm. he still hasn't been on TV since October 12th. That is, that's factual, right? And that means they don't know what to do with them or they don't want to do anything with them. So either, either whether he's released or not, he has not been on TV in months. Charlotte, his girlfriend has asked for him supposedly to be on TV with her. So it, it's just, it's what, what they've done with him is just ridiculous. But anyway. It's criminal. It's almost, I mean, it's, it's criminal is not the right word, but I mean, him and like I said, Alistair Black, these guys who have all this talent, like you said, were stars in NXT. They come up to their main roster. They have a little bit of a run. All of a sudden they get forgotten about either due to injury or something else. And then, you know, not everybody has a chance like a Wade Barrett had where you have that chance to have more than one opportunity. It looks like these guys are just going to be the whole stuck in catering gimmick where, you know, they're just going to get the, they're not going to be ever used again. And it's almost like for a lot of these guys, they're, they're worth more not doing anything than having the chance to go to AW and be improved to possibly be a star. And I guess the last thing we'll say is before we move on, if he does get his release 90 days from now, is AW so bloated with, you know, 70 plus guys on the roster? Do you think he's an automatic guy that either gets signed there or quote unquote gets lost or the benefit going back to, you know, to AAA or going to ROH where they have, you know, that stable there? You know, where would you see him? I think he'd probably go to R. I think he'd probably go to ROH. 
you know, with the with Roosh, um, you know, he had that stable with Roosh, and I think that's his good buddy. Mm-hmm. I think he'd go to and Ring of Honor's paying guys, um, and he'd be great for that stable. Um, so I, I think he'd be the star of that stable. Roosh doesn't. He, I don't think Roosh is great personally, but um, yeah, I think he'd go to. I think Ring of Honor would probably be his best bet. To be honest with you, AEW has too many. They don't have to do with all the guys they've got. It's it's crazy. So let's move on to uh, AEW. And like I said, we'll be looking on Twitter for the next couple of minutes to see if any more developments do come up. And you can follow us, of course, on Twitter at WorkshootPod, where, like I said, me and Jay will be talking about this as the story does develop. But um, this past weekend, we had the AEW Revolution show, which uh, going into the show, me and Jay both thought it was on paper, not the best show they've ever put on. I mean, I was a little bit higher on it than Jay. Um Jay, the big thing coming out of the show, unfortunately, is the last, you know, 30 seconds of the show, or I guess the last 10 seconds of the explosion of the, you know, basically the sparklers. Um, as time has gone along, you know, I think, especially what they did on Wednesday, it's lessened the, the fury of the fans on the reaction. But I guess I'll put it two ways. One, what was your initial thoughts after seeing it? And I guess, so, uh, what was your thoughts coming out of Wednesday, you know, with the whole tire, you know, bomb not really going off. And I guess the show as a whole. Um, I think if you had fury, you're an idiot. I think there's no reason to be, have like be angry. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Kenny, the the wrestlers can be angry because it's there. They were supposed to have this big thing. I guess Omega was very upset. That makes sense for us to be angry or furious. It's like, come on, stupid. But um, yeah, I mean, the dud hurt around the world. I think they did a good job of explaining it or trying to explain it. Um, I, I, you know, I think it was really bad. Um, but also like, I don't know, man, shit happens. Right. And, um, you have all these plans, you have all these things you want to do. Um, and the explosive didn't work and it happened. So, um, I think they tried their best to explain it away. I thought the Omega thing, the whole 69 thing, I thought was weird. Some of it, some of the, the stuff was weird, but um, I think they did their best to try to explain it away. And, you know, it kind of, it kind of is what it is. I doesn't, doesn't do anything for me either way, but I think, I think they tried. Um, but this stuff happens. I mean, it's, it's performance art. Sometimes things don't go um, as they're planned. Yeah. I, I kind of, I, I thought the match itself Everything leading up to the explosion. I mean, I thought the match was way better than I was than it was going to be. It was not a great match, but it was a. I think it was a very good match, um, which I did not expect at all. Um, and it was gory, but not like over the top. Um, they had really good spots. I, I thought it was. I thought it was a good match. Yeah, I thought. I thought it was much better than like agreeing with you, which I hate doing, but I agree with you. I, I thought it was a solid. Solid match, better than I expected. I'm not either one of us is a huge fan of the death matches. And if you want a better history on death matches, you should watch the uh, Viceland uh, uh, specials they did last year on the wrestlers, which was really they had an episode on death matches, which gives you a better understanding of that subject. But I thought it was an overall show. I thought it was a solid show. I enjoyed the ladder match. Um, I thought Ethan Page was a, a good addition to the company. I thought the tag team match was solid with the Bucks and. Uh, uh, with double JGs, uh, with Jericho and MJF, which we'll talk about in a minute on the follow-up on uh, on Wednesday, which I think is a really interesting angle going forward. Um, but let's let's get into uh, the big surprise, which I think that Brian Alvarez, former guest of the show, put the best. Sometimes you got to overperform by under underselling, which I think Christian Christian Cage. I don't think Tony Khan knows how to do that. I mean, Corey, I don't think everything is a big surprise. Everything is a big angle. Everything is a big deal all the time. Nothing is nothing is boiling underneath the surface. And let's see. It's, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. So, I mean, I guess my question, so it's, so it's, it's a double-edged sword because from early indications from Dave Meltzer and the Wrestling Observer, they've said that they haven't got the official numbers yet, but from everything they're hearing from streaming and everything else, this is looks like to be on pace, the highest uh, selling pay-per-view they've ever done. So how do you equate that? Do you equate that to interest in a death match? Sting's first, uh, Sting's first match, you know, in basically six years. Is it a combination of both? Is it the idea that they people selling the idea of the big surprise that even though CM Punk said it wasn't him and 
even though we knew it wasn't going to be a Lesnar. I mean, the idea of hyping this new character, did that work? Like, was all of these things combined? So if the bottom line is four pay-per-views four pay a year, $60, and WWE's only 10 and we can get into the Peapod thing later on, that disaster. But, you know, if it worked and you got your highest buy rate ever, does overselling, does it work in the short term, even though maybe people may not love the idea of being like, all right, we got Christian Cage. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It worked. So, and what you said is it, all the, the combination of all those things, right? If you're, if you're selling an event to people, people buy stuff for a myriad of reasons. And so it was either the surprise, the death match, whatever, right? It could have been a million reasons, but the surprise was probably a big part of it. I mean, probably was a big part of it. Um, I love Christian. I've been a big fan of his for many, many years. Um, I think he's one of the most underutilized talents WWE's ever had. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad that he's getting another chance. Um, they, they are rocketing him to the top. Uh, when you rocket a guy to the top, where do you go from there? Like we, we saw with the, um, you know, um, now passed away, obviously, Luke, Luke Harper. Archer. Uh, Brody, Brody Lee. Right. You know, they, they, they put, put these, you know, Brian Cage and push these guys at the top and then they don't win. It's like Lance Archer. Then what do you do with them? So uh, they, they kind of keep doing the same things. Um, AEW is like the opposite of, of Raw. It's like they, they bury the guys and AEW, they push everyone and don't know what to do with them after. Um, so we'll see. Um, again, I, yeah, I think they shouldn't have made as big of a deal out of it. But again, their business, they need to make money. And this pay-per-view helped them, helped, helped them make money. So I, I can't kill them for it. I'm not going to kill them for it um, because we thought it was going to be Cage. I mean, our predictions were Ethan Page, Cage, or, or you know, Christian Cage. Um, and, you know, we were right on, on a bunch of our predictions that, that we had beforehand. So it wasn't a big surprise to us. And, and so it is what it is. Um, I'm more interested than anything about where they go with him and this this title, I think that's the interesting part. I I, I don't think he gets a title because I think I said long term. I think it's so. Think it's uh, the other page. Yeah, uh, but what do you, but Corey? He he's getting a title shot, right? Yeah. What do you do with him when he doesn't win the title? I think he goes and I think that I think he most likely they will headline up against uh, Shock and what what is the name? Um, Stand and Deliver. I think they will put that up against Night One. Cage versus um, Cage versus Omega, uh, Omega to as counter programming. He'll have a you know mostly have a really good match, and then see from you know what the reaction is to maybe build to either maybe a rematch at Double or Nothing or to see where that you know where everything is lying at that point. But I mean, we'll see what he could do as a race. I I think they should do the. I don't think I don't know when it, when um, NXT is going to Tuesdays. You put that um, the first. I think they should do it the first Wednesday they're not on Tuesdays hmm. and then try to explode that rating and get a million, 1.5 million. Forget about competing with NXT. They're moving already. Right. I would try to hammer that first night. Um, that'd be my, that'd be my guess. That'd be what I would do. Who knows if they do that, but um, yeah, that, that's where I would go. That's interesting. I mean, like I said, I, and I guess to close this out, I think Christian Cage is a nice signing. Do I think he's ever going to be a full main event level guy? I've never seen him that way. And maybe they can prove it differently. I mean, when he was in impact wrestling or at the time TNA, they, they, you know, skyrocketed the title onto him and they basically try to make him a big deal. I don't think it ever really worked. I think he's like the slogan on his t-shirt, you know, nobody, basically no, nobody outworks him. It's a great slogan or whatever the exact wording is. But I see him as a mid-level guy who's got a couple of good years if he's healthy. Last, and I think he's an, a guy who could help a company. And I still think the most interesting thing of this whole tie thing is he was on with Renee Paquette on the Oral Sessions podcast, and he said that he didn't know they were going to make this big of a deal about it. You know, also the other idea, like as of Wednesday, he hadn't had a contract signed officially yet. So you know, this could have came back and you know shot them in the face if you know McMahon decided last minute to offer him some like mega deal. I mean, I don't think he would have you know screw Tony Khan, but you know, that whole type situation was interesting to say the least, but if you have any more uh, thoughts on Christian before we, uh, we move on. 
No, I'm I'm good. Um, you know, we we just the pay per view in general. I thought it was a fun show. I didn't think it was takeover level. I didn't think there was any match that was a takeover level match. Um, although I did really enjoy the ladder match, but it was a good fun pay per view. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no match where I could say, "Oh, that match was terrible." Um, I thought it was a good, enjoyable, fun show. Um, where if you pe- spend sixty bucks and you were expecting a good, fun show for your sixty bucks, I think you got your money's worth. And I guess the only thing I can say I was saying is, what would what did you think of the debut of Maki Ito, who apparently mm. I, I I thought she was fun. She can't wrestle for for her life, you know. She's she, a, does, she does she does she does she does nothing for me. But she, she's she starts, right when she starts singing, I immediately fast forward or I yeah, mute. Okay. Uh, yeah, the singing does nothing for she does nothing for me, absolutely nothing for me. She's I don't do not think she's where's the magic girl? She's the she's the the the. I, I, Mike Ito does not. I know everyone loves her. I don't know. People like seeing a Japanese woman sing very poorly. I, I don't know. Um, it does. She does absolutely nothing for me. So that that she, that's for somebody else. Um, and again, the women's divisions, the redheaded continues to be the redheaded stepchild of of AEW. Well, we will see. Next week we are. De- we, ne- well, I guess we can get into it now. AW NXT. Uh, Shows and review a little bit. Uh, next week, we will be getting for, I don't know if it's for the first time or the second time ever, we will be getting a main event, a lights out match for the second time, I believe, in the history of the company. Uh, Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker. So we're going to get a main event for AEW of two women, one of their biggest feuds going on. That's a step in the right direction, at least, you know? Sure. All right, that was, that was a good conversation. I mean, uh, you, you know, Burt Baker's going to win, and this is going to be, you know, I know, I know, I know, well, you know, we've talked about this with NWA possibly coming back, or they, they are coming back. End of the month. But I, I don't know what that means for Thunder Rosa and her, you know, because she was getting a nice little push there. She's next to um, Sheeta. She's the best. I mean, I, I think she's better than Sheeta, but it, it's very close, right? She, I think she's the best women's wrestler on AEW on the roster. Um, and she, with the exception of Sheeta, it's not even close. Um, and so, you know, it'd be a big loss if she leaves. They've really featured her a lot on TV. And I think she can do both, right? Like, she can do both. So sure. maybe she does win, but I think they've been teasing this Britt Baker thing for a long time, this push. She is the woman that they've put the most work into in terms of her character on the roster. She's been tremendous as a heel. She's so much fun. So, you know, maybe this is maybe this is her time. Um, but what do you do with Thunder Rosa after? Maybe this is where Thunder Rosa leaves for a few weeks and then reappears. Interesting. I mean, I, I think that I would mostly think Thunder Rosa wins this match. The fact that she basically she lost the first match and then she keeps on getting beat up after all these things. And usually, when you have one of these big blow off matches, a lot of time the babyface wins the feud. I mean, I still mm. think. At the end of the day, the person that beat Sheeta will be um, Britt Baker. Yeah, so- and that's all. And that's all reason why Corey like sorry to interrupt. That's all reason why I was thinking it'd be Britt Baker too. You have her win this match, then you have her face Sheeta for the title, and then she wins the title. I know they're, you know, um, uh, kind of you know they got Nyla Rose in there, whatever. She's not. I mean, she might win, but I I think this is Britt Baker's time. I, I don't disagree with you. I think that's and that, I think that's the most logical step at this time. Uh, so we spoke about already a little bit earlier, the helping out the disaster for a lot of people. Another paper you ended, I think they did a good job of trying to go and work backwards on, you know, why the match ended the way it did. I thought they handled that as well as they could. I like the idea of putting Moxley and Eddie uh, Kingston back together. Love the idea of it. Their I chemistry the was, their chemistry was hilarious and awesome and you talk about what the WWE misses that's what they miss those are two guys who cut that promo on their own that were really natural that were completely themselves that were not scripted by some somebody and they're obviously saying lines or doing fake accents or whatever it is them in their own element and it's natural and it's over and that's one thing that the WWE SmackDown or um, Raw just does not have enough of. Um, that's the one big thing that they're missing and they continue to miss. Because uh, I thought the chemistry with them was great and I thought it was hilarious. 
I agree. Uh, we had some really good wrestling on the show, so we don't want to shortchange that. But the other, the big angle coming out of this show was the dismantling of the inner circle and the rebirth of it looks like a new four horsemen stable. Jay, I saw that, and right afterwards, I texted you and was like, "I really enjoyed the final, you know, segment of uh, AEW this week. What was your thoughts?" You were like. Still watching NXT, I'm catching up. You never got back to me, so I was thinking you wanted to tell me when you saw it on the show, so I want to give you the moment. What did you think of it? And I'll follow up right after that. Um, AEW needs to stop doing so much. Um, right. they, they, had, they had Scorpio Sky turn heel, which I, we talked about. That was a bad move. Um, they're just trying to do so much stuff. Um, they had Archer come out with Sting. They had Cage and the World Tide. It's like they need to just do one big thing a week. Um, so anyway, about the angle, I thought it was really well done. I thought it was very, very well done. And I enjoyed it. I think it's an interesting group, though. They can all talk. Um, I think Sean Spears kind of needs to stand out in a way. I think he needs to figure out a way to stand out. Uh, and I don't, and Wardlow's the only kind of you know, and, and technically there's not four of them, right? There's there's five of them, right? So um, maybe that was kind of the point of the group too, that it's not like the four horsemen. There's five of them, um, so they'll they'll kind of come up with a name, I'm sure. Um, but you got a tag team, you got a heavy, you got MJF the leader, and then I guess you have Sean Spears the other guy. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what they're gonna do with with him. But yeah, I, I, I thought the angle was really, really good. Um, I like the idea of Inner Circle being baby faces. They kind of are baby faces already. Uh, Sammy Guevara is turned into a, 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 turning into a baby face. Jericho obviously is always a baby face. And Satana and Ortiz seem like really good guys. And, um, you know, so I think they're, I think I, I like the idea of, of those two going together head to head in a feud. And I think that's a lot of TV that they, a lot of TV time that they can, they can get. Um, with all those groups and they could do a lot of segments and you know how many combinations of tag team matches and five-way matches and singles matches they can do so they have a lot of stuff going on in that story that they can really delve into over the next several months leading some plot at, at all out so yeah I, I thought really really good television and um, very interested to see where they go with this over the next probably several months I agree. I mean, I, I thought that final segment was excellent. Uh, I would agree with you. I mean, every week too much going on, but I think that that if you're not going to have, you know, the TNT title match be the final image on the screen, there's a reason why. And I think they really did a good job with that final segment. Um, I like the new group. I, and I do like the fact that the long-term storytelling, even if it wasn't meant to be, but they put like the picture online later on in the day, of months back where you had uh, MJF and Sean Spears, you know, betting on the matches back in the day when they were doing that communication and everything else, just setting up. The, even if this had nothing to do with it at the time, they at least made it look like there was a communication in the past. So I like at least the, the idea of long-term story. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I don't think that's what they were intending at the time, but I love that they did that. I agree with you. So, I mean, I like that. I think the, and I do think that if we get restrictions to the way that everything is okay by September when New Jersey is able to in new work, you know, for that big show, the blood and guts. I think this might be when we finally get that war games match, you know? So I think that could be really, I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, Biden said he wants all the States to make the, um, the, the vaccine available by May 1st. So I do think this summer will be an interesting summer with things opening up. I know the, the Brooklyn nets in New York, they had 1500 fans. So I do think we're going to start seeing things open up. I'm not sure if we're going to see like, we're going to see 15,000 people in a smaller, you know, in an indoor arena, except for in Texas where there's no COVID anymore. But, um, but I, I do, I, I think you're going to start to see 50% capacity, especially, you know, over the summer, I think you're going to start to see that. So yeah, maybe in September, you know, we get something, maybe you can come to Chicago um, you know, and we could do, we could do all out again. So, so we'll see. Yeah. Let's, let's see how, how comfortable we all feel. Uh, we'll see how, how, my, how I feel after next week, but, uh, that's, that's for another time. Uh, 
So Jay, I like I said, I thought the rebound. I thought, and I thought both shows were really good this week. Let's talk about NXT. Your usually your favorite show of the week. The two big announcements coming out of the show, and we'll get to how good the main event was in a second. But Regal went and said that NXT Takeover to deliver will be two nights. That's great. Two nights, more wrestling for everybody. But the big part of this coming out is night one will be on the USA Network. And night two will be exclusively on Peacock, a.k.a. for North America or for the U.S. Uh, US, US fans on the you know WWE Network, a.k.a. Peacock. So I want to get your thoughts initially on that, the idea that it's going two nights and you're going to have to have the WWE Network to see the second night. Yeah, I mean, that's... If I mean takeover, you 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 always needed you always needed um, WWE Network to see takeover. So that doesn't that doesn't really mean much to me. I mean it makes it makes it makes a whole lot of sense. Um, you always needed a network to see Peacock, so you still need it to see. Um, you still need it. So yeah, it makes sense. I think it's also it's a good test run for the people who may not move over for Fastlane. Though they're doing another test right before WrestleMania to try to get some of the kinks out. You have the Hall of Fame, you know, right before them, but then you also have another, like I said, another venue to try to see if anything goes wrong. You have a chance to, you know, get everything yeah. in your, your your ducks in a row. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree, and I like that it's two nights. Um, I'll be interested to see now. You know, that now they added another title to the mix, so we know that that's going to be involved too. And so now, you know, it'll be nice now because these NXT takeovers are going to start to be interesting, right? Because now that the women's tag titles are there. They always seem to have a nice woman's feud there. Uh, something AEW can like learn for, although they're doing good with Brent and Thunder Rosa. But, you know, they always usually have a, they, so they've, they've been having two women's matches on a lot of these takeovers. Now you may have up to three women's matches on some of these takeovers with the tag titles, the world title. So um, be very interested to see what, you know, what happens with these takeovers. But yeah, I think it's going to be a big night. It's going to be a great chance for other people to get on takeovers that, aren't usually able to be a part of it. Um, so yeah, should be tremendous, tremendous. Listen, takeovers, that, that's the, that's the standard bearer for, um, for, for pay-per-view, pay-per-view type of, of shows. Now, uh, Jacob Anthony Moses from the Step Back podcast, our uh, basketball podcast, you can check them out every Wednesday, said uh, Gonzalez versus EO should be, should be a good one. I'm going to go off of that point. We got that pretty much set up after they lost the titles. We'll get into the title announcement in a second. But do you think that match can get hot enough in the next, you know, five weeks to headline, you know, night two of the show? Or do you think we get, you know, night one, the title match between, you know, um, Balor and, and Karen Cross? Yeah, I think, and, I think and night two being the, you know, uh, NX, the uh, Undisputed Eric's, you know, explosion. I think the women's match is the main event for one of the nights. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For, um, and EO, I mean, EO was nominated as the best performer of the year, male or female. And um, so I, I fully expect her to um, headline one of those nights. Absolutely. Yeah, it could be an interesting thing where they go. And, I, and, 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 and before we even get there, Raquel Gonzalez is 100% going to win the title. I mean, that's, that's, Trevor Lawrence being a number one overall pick and Raquel Gonzalez winning the title are about the same level of locks. That's a, those are, those are two very good uh, bets to make if, uh, if you decide to do those. Uh, so let's, let's quickly get into this. The second part of the announcement was that as a result of Adam Pierce screwing the uh, Renee, uh, Rhea Gonzalez and Dakota Kai out of the tag team titles last week, they decided to give make their own tag team titles. I personally, and we spoke about this a couple of moments before the show, I I don't mind tag team titles for NXT, but the way they went about it, I don't agree with. I think that if you were going this this route, if this wasn't you know an idea that they came up with last minute, why not just have the winners of the Dusty Classic? That that was the prize, you know, and especially you just did a rematch, and all of a sudden you have two champions in one night. For the, I mean, I just I understand you want to go and make a big splash and everything else, but I just think it was very short-sighted booking-wise to go and say, all right, your tag team wasn't good enough or we got to screw them out of winning, you know, against the Raw team. But then we're going to go in as a secondary prize, 
give you give you tag team championships. Well, they, I mean, they gave Raquel and Dakota Kai the titles, and then they had a match and they lost it. Yeah, but I'm saying the idea of the fact that why why not just have them that be the prize again the Dusty Classic instead of you know maybe that what maybe that wasn't the original plan maybe they maybe they maybe they thought on the fly and came up with that plan. But who knows? They made those belts pretty quickly. But I guess you can make belts quick. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what the thinking was there. Maybe they rushed that a little bit. It's very possible they did. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, it was only a couple of weeks. But they, yeah, so they won the Dusty Classic. And then what was it? Two weeks until they had the match with Shayna and Nia. Right. Um, and then the week after. So, I mean, it sounded like it was some type of setup. But I, yeah. You know, but then they could do the thing where they could say Raquel Gonzalez and, you know, it's the idea of the 50-50 booking maybe a little bit, which I don't love. But when you want to keep Raquel Gonzalez this strong, so you can say, you know, she'll always be able to say she was the first woman's Dusty Cup winner along with Dakota Kai. And that'll always be something Dakota Kai can, can, can say when she wants a title shot, when she wants a woman's title shot. So they can always say we were the first Dusty Classic winners. And that'll always give her kind of instant credibility. Um, even if she goes to the main roster, she can say that. So, um, and then, you know, but then they lose the title. And then obviously Sashi and, and Ember Moon, who I thought when they, this idea of tag team titles, like th- they were made for this. They, they've, they've got a good friendship. They, they seem like a tag team uh, more than as, you know, more than a lot of the male tag teams. Like they seem like a tag team. Um, they have good chemistry together, things like that. So it didn't bother me really at all. Um, I was, I was okay with it, especially thinking it through. Um, Cause you want to keep Raquel as, Gonzalez, as strong as possible. Obviously she didn't take the pin um, with Dakota Kai and they wanted to get to Raquel and um, Io Shirai. So that's a way to get there as well. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see where they go. From here with that and how each step goes and i do agree with you that i would put you know money on uh, raquel winning the title yeah so before we move totally away from that what'd you think of eo versus tony storm and i guess going from there what do you think of the main event which i think was one of the better matches of the week to put it simply oh yeah absolutely i think uh, yeah, that and the Ace Austin Chris Bay match, which you guys should go back and try to watch. Those are the two matches of the week. Um, the Phoenix Matt Jackson match was good too, but um, good, but not on that level. Yeah, not on that level. Um, I thought the match was good. I thought it was a little anticlimactic. You know, like I never thought Tony Storm was going to win, so it didn't feel like. Is that, like, is that because of you from day one? You've always thought that Raquel was the next person yeah and they haven't built tony storm up enough i don't think i don't feel like they've built her up enough to to win a title um in uh, in nxt like i don't feel like they did enough really storytelling there enough long it was like tell regal that you need a match because you've never beat me and she's like okay i'm gonna tell him and then now we're gonna have a match it was just very very hit or miss whereas even with eo with raquel gonzalez she's like i want you i want to face you you're the best right now you know what I'm saying? So it was just a different, a different level. Um, so I never felt like she saw it was a good match, but it wasn't one of EO's best matches. Um, and the main event was, I mean, like Brian Alvarez on Twitter said, like, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Balor and Adam Cole wrestle each other every week. I mean, they just have tremendous chemistry, uh, former Bullet Club members, one the you know, both leaders in, uh, of the Bullet Club, uh, one in Ring of Honor, you know, one in New Japan. Um, similar size, similar styles, and they just have, I mean, amazing chemistry in the ring. Uh, please don't ever come up to the main roster, uh, specifically Raw. Um, yeah, it was great. It was great. And I love what they, with Kyle O'Reilly, what they did at the end with that. Um, yeah, and ex- I, th- I thought that although AEW does drive me crazy with doing too much, I thought these were the best shows from both companies on the same yeah. night. I thought both shows were really good from both companies. Sometimes one shows better than the other. I thought both shows were equally like really, really, really good. Um, so I think this is probably the best, best Wednesday night we've had. You know, MLW was even solid. I think the best Wednesday night we've had probably in a, a long time, I'd say. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I would agree. Um, so 
back to the WWE for a second, Jay. Oh God, we have we have to. I mean, this is just. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if you got a chance to see it. This is actually maybe a slight mm. positive for change. Negative going into a positive. Oscar uh, apparently is out with a, a concussion, so it's gonna be interesting to see what they do going forward in regards to the women's title. Don't know how long she's gonna be out for, but uh, on Raw Talk this week, which we talk about when something good happens. Um, I was wondering if you got a chance to see the, uh, the pay and Royce, uh, segment on raw talk where I would say it's the best, um, thing she's done, you know, well, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you roll and I'm going to let you talk about it, but I have definitely some thoughts on there. So I'll let you roll on it for a minute. Okay. Um, I, like I said, first of all, Oscar being out because of the, uh, the injury when she got nailed by, I believe it was Shayna Baszler a couple of weeks back on raw terrible situation i i thought the pay and royce was a really good promo i did feel to me slightly scripted which all promos i mean she did give you know her heart and soul which is always good but i do wonder where this goes is this just to set up the debut of a rear ripley you know is this just she's going to come out there and do maybe hopefully something similar on raw and that's when you hear the music where Rhea and Rhea just beats her and that's sets up you know on Sunday, a match between Rhea and Charlotte Flair for the next shot. I mean, or is this the beginning of, you know, Payne Royce finally getting her chance as a single star? You know, so, I mean, I'm kind of torn. I really enjoyed the promo. I enjoyed her passion. But part of me does think, though, next Monday, Payne Royce is going to be in the middle of the ring. She's going to be, you know, saying a lot of this stuff again. And then we're going to hear, you know, Rhea Ripley's, Rhea Ripley's music, and she's going to basically kill her. And that's so, going to set up, you know, her push. So it's interesting, and I want to get your take on this. Corey Graves um, was on his podcast, and he was talking to Bailey. I think he had her on this week. Okay. And he said, you know, I understand Peyton Royce being frustrated and whatever, but, you know, when you watch wrestling, you want to know what someone's character is, right? Like, who is this person? And, you know, when Billy Kay and her split up, it was like, obviously, Peyton Royce is going to be the star, right? But Billy Kay kind of knows who her character is. And I personally think she's been extremely entertaining. Right. Now, I don't know if she can wrestle her weight of a paper bag, but she is funny as hell. And okay. she's really great. Um, and Peyton Royce hasn't figured out who her character is. She has no idea who her character is. Um, you know, and Corey Graves said that other being a pretty woman who can wrestle, like that's, well, beautiful woman who can wrestle. Um like that's her character. And so now I don't know how much of that is on her. I don't know how much of that is on raw itself and their creative. I, you know, I don't know what the reason for that is. Cause we know SmackDown's a little bit more creative. Um, so I'm not sure really what, what that is or what would we blame that on, but it's hard for me. I got understand what he's saying. Cause the idea that, Oh, Peyton Royce is just going to be a star when like what is she you know what is it that you do here um so i think that's an interesting t- thing too um but peyton royce is i mean she if she was an AEW, she'd be the woman's champion right like um she's super super um you know she's very good in the ring um and i think she's really improved and has a lot of potential and ability and she can talk and and so I don't know. I think that's interesting what Graves said, though, about her character and that she doesn't really have one. So, you know, just uh, just interesting to me. I hope she gets a shot um, now with Lacey Evans gone. Um, you know, this would be a time maybe for her to get an opportunity. But who the hell knows? Like I said, I mean, I, I hope she gets a chance, but I do think it, this could be just a setup for the Rhea Ripley debut when she gets killed by Rhea in like, you know, 30 seconds to make her look like a badass. But uh and like I said, we all hope that Asuka can make it back in time for, uh, for WrestleMania. And this isn't a long-term, you know, side effects from the concussion. Uh, Jay, one of our last subjects of the week is uh, we have an Incax uh, Sacrifice pay-per-view. On paper, it looks like a solid show. But the big thing coming out of it was uh, on the end of Tuesday's show, we found out that the Rich Swan versus Moose uh, match will be a unification match for the TNA three-way title and the Impact title. But the bigger point is the winner at uh, the Rebellion pay-per-view will be facing Kenny Omega, title versus title unification match. 
I guess twofold on that. One, does this make you any more interested in, I'm not saying you go to watch the show because like I said, there's so much stuff out there, but this make you more interested in rebellion or an impact or what do you think the idea of this uh, does for you, but you or the casual fan? I think the casual fan, it gets them excited. I mean, it has to. Um, Hard to Kill was one of their biggest pay-per-views uh, they've had in a long time. Biggest, Omega, ever, I think. Yeah. biggest ever with Omega, you know, leading the, you know, leading the line there. Um, so I think this would have to make people interested. So maybe they get a couple more people buying Impact Plus, you know, who knows? I mean, these monthly events they have are like decent shows um, and they have title changes. So they're like not, they're not just throwaway garbage shows. They usually do a nice job with them. Um, I mean, I really like the storyline with Moose and Swan. I really enjoy what they've done with the two of them. And I mean, Moose just looks like a world champion. We talked about this before. When Omega comes out, when Moxley comes out, when Moose comes out, when when Drew McIntyre comes out, when Roman Reigns come out, like they look like champions, right? Um, when Swan comes out, he looks like a mid Carter. And that's just my personal feeling. Um, his music, his, his, you know, dreads that are a mess. He just doesn't look like, he just doesn't look like a champion. Um, and so, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think Moose should win. Um, but you know, they've been building toward, toward Swan. Um, they've been building toward Swan clearly. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I'm, I've been watching, you know, on, on Twitch when I get a chance, you know, and then whatever they put up on YouTube uh, in regards to, and I think the shows have been better. I think the stuff that they've been doing, like with the X division has worked. <clears throat> and I think that the, I, I only thing I guess is a drawback is I think everyone believes with this belt collector gimmick, that they're doing with Kenny Omega, which they've kind of gone away from it a little bit. They haven't talked about it a lot since the John Moxley, you know, angle. Now that that's done, I think most people believe that it's a foregone conclusion that Kenny Omega is going to win the title. And it's, you know, and you start to wonder at what point does impact kind of, you know, sway the balance. And so I don't know how much the impact fans care about it, but I think, once it gets really spoken about more after the Saturday on AW television, I think the push for that pay-per-view will be really interesting. And I'm going to be really interested to see how much we get of an AW impact crossover. If like, is this whole show going to be AW versus impact? Like, cause this week on AW, you're going to have the good brothers versus Moxley and uh, Eddie Kingston, which, you know, I could honestly see, them winning, you know, beating them and then setting up a title match at Rebellion. I mean, because we all know due to the fact that Finjuice is back in, you know, um, Japan, they're not winning the title because, you know, it already happened. So I think it's going to be interesting to see where things go. But I mean, this hasn't been much of a crossover, Corey. It's been the Good Brothers and it's been Omega. Right. So, you know, none of the women have crossed over. Um, You know, why not have uh, Fire and Flavor come over and wrestle against... I mean, I don't know if they could, you know, piece two women together. Uh, Britt Baker and Nyla Rose or something for the tag titles or, um, you know, Sheeta and Rio, you know, for the tag titles. Like on a on an AW show, uh, I think that'd be awesome. But the the crossover has been Omega. The, the crossover has been a bullet club, basically, uh, with a couple of exceptions here and there. So. I would like to see more being done with it and I hope they do, but it doesn't look like that's kind of what they're going for. And, you know, I guess that's fine too, but the whole idea of, Oh my God, this crazy big crossover. That's not, that's really not really what we've gotten so far. Yeah. And we'll see where things go from here. Uh, so Jay, before we get to our last subject of the day, uh, how about you let people know how they can follow us and the uh, life group podcasts uh, going forward. Absolutely. So um, we are on Twitter and on Instagram, same handle at worked shoot pod. The great Jackie Andy runs our Instagram. Thank God. Um, I don't know anything about Instagram or TikTok or any of those gimmicks. So um, yep, we're on Instagram uh, and we're on Twitter as well. 
I try to be as active. It's funny on the Wednesdays where like, I'm trying to watch both shows. I try to watch like an hour of one show. And then I try to watch like an hour of another show. That's when Corey's texting me about stuff. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. Like I need to watch the, the title match first. So, um, so yeah, so, um, uh, so try to be as active on Twitter as possible. So we're uh, very uh, proud to be part of the life group uh, podcasts. Uh, Monday, we've got Dong City with Henry and Vince. They crowned the best baseball movie um, their own. this week, A League of Their Own, which yeah, there's no crying in baseball. Uh, Tuesday, we've got the Audible with Matt and Randy. A lot going on with football, free agency, franchise tags. Uh, Wednesday, we've got the Step Back with Jacob and Leon. Uh, glad to see the NBA is back. Uh, glad to see I'm betting on it and losing money. Uh, Thursday, you've got us, the Worksheet Wrestling Podcast. And then Sunday, another baseball podcast with Total Bases, Felipe and Sean, focused a little bit more on fantasy. So probably a really, really good time to listen for you guys who are in fantasy leagues. I'm in three fantasy leagues. I don't know how I'm going to keep up between that gambling and actually trying to live a life. Um, but yeah, let's see what happens. So yeah, check us out. We're a Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. We also are on Facebook. Um, and check us out on iTunes, Instagram, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, uh spotify google play wherever you get your podcast just google our google us worked shoot wrestling podcast and you will find us somewhere thanks and of course uh iheart you can find us as well now there you go there you go and as always you know we have that other comedy podcast uh jason could you remind me what the name of that one is you don't know jackie jackie andy jackie rachel jackie Corey. you don't know jackie the comedy podcast for the ages. And uh, we finally did the crossover episode in regards to wrestling. We spoke about You Can't Kill David Arquette. Went over an hour talking about that and talking about some other stuff that could be leading to more developments in the future with future projects. But uh, And we put it on our uh, stream. So uh, anyone who wants to listen to that can catch up on that episode. And hopefully going forward, check out the ladies and myself on that as we talk about all the more entertaining things and a comedic value. But Jay, our last subject, uh, recently Stephanie McMahon went and spoke about the fact that there needs to be more uh, of a female voice in the writing room for the WWE. Um, I, more inclusion is always a good thing. And then as a result uh, on Twitter, Andreas Hale, great writer went and said, uh, well, we could also use a lot more, you know, African-American voices as well, because, you know, as we can see with some of the stuff going on, we aren't represented that well either. So I just wanted to get your quick thoughts on the idea of getting some uh, female and a more African-American views going forward in the WWE. And if you wanted to say AW, just in wrestling in general, you know, more voices that aren't, you know, white male, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a white male dominated industry, like most of society is, right? Um, yeah, I think, I think it'd be helpful. Um, I think Corey, one of the things though, we've talked about this is having, you know, you see this with the new day, the new day became successful. It sounds like, cause they kind of crafted their own narrative, like, uh, like EC3 control your narrative. Like they kind of, it's their personality that's out there on that sh- on, on the new day. They are kind of these dorky dudes who love video games, who seem like really, really good guys who have some swag. Like that's who they are. They're not some crime time, you know, you know, Kamala. They're not some gimmick. And I think that's also where, yes, they should absolutely hire more women. I mean, that Lacey Evans Charlotte storyline was an abomination written probably by a white man. Oh, ha ha. This is going to be funny. Women being mad and and a dad, you know, uh, shacking. It's just such, it's absurd. Not only do I think more women need to be hired, they need to talk to the wrestlers about what they want to see, about what they want to do, about stories they want to tell, about promos they want to write. You know, Becky Lynch becoming the man is because it sounds a lot like Becky Lynch naturally became that after she got busted in the nose by um, Nia Jax, right? So a lot of this stuff that's being controlled, that's working with wrestlers, is it kind of is wrestlers taking over themselves and telling their own stories. This isn't some writer writing for them. So I also think not only should they hire writers, more writers of, you know, female writers, 
um, you know, uh, Latinx, Hispanic writers, and Black writers, but you also have to make sure that you have the wrestlers have more input, like we've been saying forever. Um, best example of the whole writer's part was The Watchmen. Uh, it's on HBO. I don't know if anyone ever saw it. The, the, the miniseries, not the, the movie. Um, it, it's one of the best shows I've ever watched, easily. And the uh, head, the guy who directed the show, the guy who ran the show, the guy from Lost, Damien Lindloff. I can never pronounce his name. Lindloff. Um, so he was purposeful because it's a very racially charged show. He was very purposeful in having his, uh, having black writers. So there was a lot of black writers or a lot of white writers. And he talked about how there was, there were fights with the black writers and the white writers about things that were going to be on the show and that weren't. Um, and that makes for better storytelling, right? Um, talking to somebody who is black writing for people who are black, like it makes more sense. Um, and it's not a requirement, but I think it helps. And I think it helps for the audience too. This isn't just about, you know, this is, it's about representation, but it's also going to help their bottom line. If they write more characters that are more interesting, more people are going to watch the show and they're going to make more money. So to me, it's like, it's, it's, it's a complete win-win. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think not only do they have to do, you know, get more writers, um, of diverse backgrounds, but they also have to talk to these wrestlers and ask them, what would you want to see happen? What do you want to do? What do you want your character to be? Um, and, and, and go go by that. I agree. Um, and I guess just quickly, I would say the stories cannot always be for an audience of one, no matter what the company is, either for Vince or for Tony Khan or for whoever is the head of you know Sinclair who cares about, you know, ROH, you've got to go and get out of your comfort zone and, you know, tell these stories. I mean, we're not going to have the break, you know, we're not going to have, you know, Breaking Bad and, you know, those type of stories on a wrestling show, you know, 99% out of 100, that's going to happen. But the idea of having stories that make sense and are just not to women calling each other bitch or, you know, making veil ideas of not actually like saying the N-word in a promo, but making ideas of, you know, people eating, you know, watermelon and chicken and different, you know, stereotypes that should have been thrown away back a hundred years ago, yeah. you know, and, or, you know, having, you know, Latino guys, even though, you know, a guy like Eddie Guerrero did it brilliantly in a low rider, you know, it shouldn't yeah. just be, everything should be based on stereotypes it should be based on what's going on in the real life, you know, watch, you know, a show like Blackish or Fresh Off the Boat. Or just, and the thing is you, you can, some stereotypes are like, Funny and real, there for a reason, but let let the people who are coming up with those stereotypes be the skin color, right? Like if have black people write whatever they want to write for, you know what I'm saying? Like just have different types of, you know, the one thing is, you know, you know, I do have to go. We both have to go. There's different types of black characters. There's different types of female characters. Like female sure. characters don't have to all be one thing black characters don't have to all be one thing i think we're seeing that more on tv you know as we go here the cosby show was a generational show i know bill cosby's a, a human piece of garbage but the show was a generational show for someone like me uh, a black kid in the 80s seeing this like black family and they're all college like you didn't see that on tv right so um before it was you know just so it's about having different characters on TV um, for people to help identify with. And again, that just, that just helps your show. So hopefully we'll see that it's probably, a, here's a problem. They can have all the writers they want at the end. It's Vince deciding what goes on. So it doesn't really matter what these writers do as, as long as it's Vince at the top, he's going to, he's a 70, he's an whatever, almost 80 year old man who's we we know who he voted for we know he supports whatever he's gonna like what he's gonna like but his you know his views his views on women i mean that stuff's all out there that's not you know what i mean so it all flows through him there's a reason why jordan devlin's back on tv next week i mean so i guess just in closing you know we were open stephanie mcmahon hopefully the change that you're saying isn't just a corporate mandate to sound good and you know this week we have the sacrifice uh, pay-per-view for um impact hopefully that's a good show this coming monday we have the first episode of aw dark elevation hopefully that isn't a total cluster 
and we will be back to review more of the best and worst of AW NXT, the terrible parts of Raw, hopefully the better parts of SmackDown each week. But uh, this is Corey Richmond, Jason Brooks, as always, the final word is yours. I think we're done here. See ya.